Hey guys, welcome to the Coffee Unleashed podcast. My name is Alec and I am your host. Uh, We are excited uh, today to be on episode 33 uh, of the podcast. Uh, And as usual, uh, Coffee Unleashed podcast, we get to chat about coffee, business, and everything in between. Um, If you'd like to learn more about uh, what we do at any coffee roasters um, or you have some questions for the podcast, Uh, feel free to email us at hello at IndieCoffeeRoasters.com. That's a great uh, spot to uh, drop some questions or just learn more. As well as, uh, if you haven't already, make sure and subscribe to this podcast on Google Play, Apple uh, Podcast App, or Spotify. Uh, We post uh, new episodes every week. Um, so you can stay up to date and ready with everything Coffee Unleashed. Um, and if you haven't already, uh, join in the fun on social media. Uh, follow Indie Coffee Roasters on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, the best spot to get regular updates about what's going on, uh, both about the podcast as well as our company in general. Um, today on episode 33, we have the opportunity to talk with Rachel uh, from Cold Brew Chick. Uh, she has been a longtime supporter of, of Indie Coffee, and, uh, and she has a, uh, another uh, sort of avenue into the coffee space uh, that's pretty exciting as well. So uh, thanks for being here, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked. Yeah, so Rachel comes uh, to us over the interwebs all the way from California, right? Yes, San Diego to be exact. Awesome. Um, and we had the opportunity, like I said, you've been uh, following Indie Coffee for a while, um, but you had the opportunity to, um, or we had the opportunity to chat um, at Coffee Fest this year. Yeah, I was so excited to finally meet you after, it's been about two years mm-hmm. um, since I followed you guys. And I told you what automatically drew me to your guys's brand is the fact that you guys had a dachshund for your logo. And I've had dachshunds all my life. To me, they're the best dogs on the planet and I'll only mm-hmm. ever own dachshunds. So <laughs> when I saw that you guys were using a dachshund for your logo, I just flipped down. I was like, oh my gosh. And if you've ever owned a dachshund or you know anything about dachshunds, it's kind of like once you have one, you're part of a club and anything oh, yeah. to do with dachshunds, you kind of, it's, you just, you kind of like a bit of a maniac. So it was just so cool. Like I was like, of course I have to follow them. I mean, it, they have a dachshund for their logo. Um, so it's been so great to see. I mean, back then you didn't even have a shop yet. You were just a roaster. So to see you grow and open up the shop, um, and then, you know, competing at the Cobra competition and finally meeting mm-hmm. you and trying your coffee. Like it was, as you're honestly one of the things I was most excited for going to coffee <laughs> fest. Yeah, we appreciate that. And it was, um, yeah, it's an, it's always a fun thing when we get to, um, visit and chat with other docs and owners. Um, for those listening, I know, um, it's somewhat of a mystery sometimes, but Indy is real, very much alive and well. Um, he makes some appearances at the cafe every so often, um, which is, uh, which is always exciting. Um, I know that, uh, you had the chance, uh, to speak with Scott as well from Indianapolis coffee guide. And he boasted a little bit that he's had the shot to meet Indy. Yes. I was so jealous when I heard that. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh. cause I mean, any chance to meet a dachshund, it's like a magnet. You just kind of know when one's nearby. And I just, anytime <laughs> I see one, I have to go pet one. Um, it's just, it's this weird, like bond thing I have in my mind with dachshunds. I just have mm-hmm. to like meet them and pet them and talk to the owner and just gush about how great dachshunds are. Oh yeah. 
We love it. Um, yeah. So uh, share with us a little bit, uh, first of all, what coffee you've been enjoying lately, as well as um, talk to us a little bit about why cold brew and, and maybe what got you into coffee. Yeah, actually, I've been enjoying your Papua New Guinea that I got from Coffee Fest. There I we turned go. that, yeah, I turned no that sponsor. into. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I uh, turned it into a cold brew because um, I was so excited to try it, and it came out fantastic. I always say my number one bean to use for cold brew for me personally is Papua New Guineas. Um, mm. Every time I've had one, they just come out so rich and decadent, which is what I like in my cold brew. But mm. it still has great complexity. It's not like a one flavor cold brew, you know you can get some mm-hmm. like delicate notes in it still without it being too acidic. And I loved the way that yours turned out. It was just exactly what I was looking for. Rich and decadent, but I still got some kind of like tea like notes in there and still some chocolate, there but it wasn't, go. wasn't too bright by any means. Um, just a very approachable, delicious cold brew. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I've been drinking. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. So, um, as far as coffee goes, what, uh, what got you into cold brew or, or coffee in general? Yeah, I didn't, I'm kind of an oddball. I didn't start drinking coffee until actually high school when I um, was going through a transition. I was originally a musical theater major and decided after one semester, didn't want to do that anymore. Um, So I came back home and when that happened, I kind of got into coffee because, you know, living with my parents, I kind of adopted their routine and they are funny. The only coffee they like to drink is the vanilla flavored Starbucks coffee beans, right? That's Mm -hmm. like, that's their coffee. So I started drinking that and I was like, oh, you know, I like the effect and I like the taste of coffee coffee. So I just started drinking hot black coffee. And anytime mm. I would go out, that's what I got. Um, just because it was simple. I liked the taste. I liked that it didn't have extra calories or extra sugar in it. And it just mm-hmm. worked for me. Um, and then about two or three years after I first got into coffee, I started to notice that I would get acid reflux attacks after I had coffee. And there if you know, you yeah, so. if you know anything about acid reflux or if you have it, it's interesting because, um, you know, I put my nutrition cap on for this, but mm-hmm. there are um, certain foods that have been um, identified as being triggers for acid reflux, right? Like chocolate, mint, lemon, and coffee. And what was frustrating for me is that of all these foods that could potentially trigger acid reflux, the only one that did it for me was coffee. I'm like, mm-hmm. are you serious? Like the <laughs> one thing I really like, and that's what's going to make me get heartburn. Oh, made me feel old too, being only yep. 20 years old. I'm like, what yep. the heck? I should be getting this when I'm 50. Um, so I was kind of in this conundrum because I didn't want to stop drinking coffee. I like the taste and I love the effect of the caffeine, but I also didn't want to develop a relationship with a Tums bottle. I knew that yep. taking antacids um, for a long period of time is not good for you. And I didn't like having you know heartburn. So mm-hmm. I just kind of would go back and forth. I would either not drink coffee or if I really wanted it, I just kind of suffer through, power through and drink it. But lucky for me around this time, cold brew was really starting to kick off and become very popular. And around this time, this is, I think when Starbucks started to first serve it, it like Mm -hmm. was really starting to become mainstream. And I (laughs) was intrigued because I always kind of liked iced coffee more than hot coffee. Um, Being in San Diego, we are pretty much an iced coffee season 24 seven. So I was, you know, I liked this idea of having a cold coffee drink, but it was smooth and, you know, everyone brags about how it's lower in acid. So I was like, Oh, like maybe this is my solution. Mm -hmm. So I'll never forget the first one I had. I just, I fell in love. I loved the way it tasted. I loved that it was a darker, richer, just bolder cup of coffee. And Mm -hmm. I loved that, you know, it was cold. And when I finished drinking it, I had no pain and I was like, there I go. I found my solution. Mm -hmm. 
That sounds great. Yeah. And it's, I think it, uh, it's definitely a, a unique taste and it's, you know, um, you know, cold brew can be done in a ton of different ways. Um, and you know, cold brew, iced coffee, you know, cold coffee beverage. I think it's been done, um, not the right way for a while. And, um, so some people's impressions of, you know, cold coffee, maybe, maybe not exactly what, uh, what they're hoping for. Um, so from that perspective, do you live on the, uh, cold brew front as far as long steep and that, or do you live more or enjoy more of the iced coffee, um, you know, brewed hot over ice? Oh, cold brew for sure. Um, but I have slowly, now that flash brewing has become popular, I've kind of been experimenting and trying those because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, especially in the specialty coffee world, really like flash brews because they do pull out those brighter, more acidic notes in coffee. Um, it takes less time to make, you can make it right then and there. Um, and it just pulls out certain flavors that you may not necessarily be able to get in cold brew. So I understand like the attraction to it. And I've had some that have been very tasty, um, very flavorful, but I just, when it comes to coffee, I, like recognizable flavors. I like chocolate. I like caramel. I like smoky. Mm. I like the richer side of flavors. And when you get into the brighter notes of coffee, sometimes for me, it can pull out too much acidity. And when you get too much acidity in a cold brew, or in this case, a flash brew, it can be a turnoff for me. Um, especially Mm. when I first started drinking cold brew, I just wasn't used to cold brew have any coffee having city at all just was a yeah. new thing for me and kind of turned me off and I was like oh like this is kind of weird um, but the more I've drank it the more it's kind of grown on me and the more I've liked it it's just my preference has always been just those richer notes so yeah you know I try flash brews and I try ass coffees but cold brew is for me where it's at I got you um yeah and I think that that's obviously the uh, more traditional way of doing, you know, the cold brew. And, and, uh, I think that, you know, the way that we do it at our cafe is a lot of times we're maybe beta testing what a coffee could potentially be, uh, cold. Uh, and that's sort of why we would do iced coffee or uh flash brew method. Um, you know, being able to test it before having to do a much larger batch. So, um, that's where that comes in for us. But I do agree. I think that there, if it's done properly, um, you know, you can get some really great balance. Um, I think a lot of that, you know, acidity and and lack of balance comes from the, um, lack of, uh, recipe or, or fully understanding the recipe that needs to go and play to get some of those rich flavors out still. Um, and, uh, and just working on the balance that way. Um, but yeah, the long steep definitely, uh, definitely helps to mellow out that flavor and, and, and give it a little bit more of a smooth, uh, smooth look. Um, Yeah. So then the other side of things, obviously cold brew coffee, uh, is one way. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, specialty level, um, you know, ready to drink, uh, options for cold brew or, um, things you can buy at the, at the store? For the most part, 
I mean, as the cold brew industry has grown and we learn more and more about canning and whatnot, I feel like it's gotten better. And I've had some great canned cold brews that taste fresh. They taste like, you mm. know, they just were pouring from a tap at a store. Um, yeah. But it wasn't always like that. And I know that the big push right now in cold brew is to try to perfect the um, shelf-stable cold brew. Because yep. the problem with cold brew, if you're you know buying it a bottle online and having it shipped, it's very expensive because you have to keep it cold for um, food mm-hmm. safety issues. And then so that usually means that you have to do like two-day or next-day shipping, which of course is expensive. Mm-hmm. And then in your box, you have to have you know ice packs or something in there to keep it cold, which that's going to cost more because it then raises the weight of the package. So it's mm-hmm. very expensive to ship cold brew. Um, but if you can create a shelf-stable cold brew, right, you don't have to worry about two-day shipping. You don't have to worry about yeah. these ice packs. You can just ship the cold brew. The problem with that, though, is that it – I just and I don't know what it is. It just always compromises the flavor of cold brew. It never tastes as good as a fresh one. And – I don't know if that's because of the way that it's pasteurized. I don't know if it's because it is, you know, sitting in a can for an extended amount of time, even though it's safe, you know, maybe just Mm -hmm. the flavors somehow change or oxidizing. I don't know, but I have yet to really find a shelf stable cold brew that I've loved. Canned cold brews on the other hand, um, especially ones that, you know, where they add a little bit of nitro, even though they're Mm -hmm. not advertised as nitro cold brews, those Mm -hmm. have been really great. And I think that just that little bit of nitro helps to kind of keep the cold brew fresh, um, Mm -hmm. and prevent, you know, any further oxidation or flavor change. Um, but it's been interesting to see just the progression of, you know, how many, you know, cold brew bottles are out there to begin with, but then what people are doing with it, adding the flavors, um, the nitro is getting better. Now you can get really solid nitro cold brews in a can. Um, it's just really been fun to see the technology grow. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think you, you know, you just think through your expectations. Um, and I think that, that's the way I look at it. I look at it a little bit like, uh, you know, how you would look at a soda maybe, or even a beer or something, um, in a bottle versus on draft, you know, your expectations may be a little bit lower. You have an understanding that, you know, it's not going to taste like it is when it's fresh out the tap. Um, but as you know, if, if the flavor can be there, that still tastes great. Um, You know, obviously any beverage that needs uh, a gas of some kind to uh, to push it out uh, always tastes better when you're introducing gas when you're drinking it. Um, So a soda or a beer or, you know, um, coffee or or something like that will always uh, will always taste better that way. But um, cold brew, I think, is definitely very interesting. Um, There's a lot of options out there and there's a lot of not good options out there. Um, and, uh, the tough part I think is just navigating through, um, the whole mess of what is out there. Um, I mean, cause you can obviously pick up cold brewed coffee at, you know, the gas station or, or whatever in a bottle. Uh, and you can also pick it up at whole foods or, or something like that for $5 of, a can or bottle. Um, so I definitely think from a consumer standpoint, there's, uh, there's some definite amount of education that has to take place to fully understand, you know, where the gap is and, and, you know, why you would choose to spend that amount of money versus, you know, 99 cents or something. Um, so, but obviously that 
good amount of saturation is, um, you know, what allows you to be able to try a bunch of stuff and, and hopefully, um, give people some knowledge into, um, how to be more informed. Exactly. I love that you said education because that's my number one thing. And that's actually, in fact, how Cobra Shook even started was an education project for me. Um, after I had, you know, tried cold brew and was even just kind of playing around making it at home. Um, when I was at San Diego state at this point, having switched my major to nutrition, I had to do a project and I had the idea of learn, just wanting to learn more about cold brew because I wanted to understand what it was about cold brew that made it so that it didn't aggravate my acid reflux and I was able to drink it. Mm. And I just thought, Oh, I'll just like, you know, in my, my college mindset, I thought, Oh, I'll go online and like do some research and then I'll create a PowerPoint presentation and (laughs) present it to my professor. Um, but that very much did not happen. Um, because I learned when I went on the internet that there wasn't much out there as far as education goes. It was just a lot of like what cold brew 101, what it is, how to make it in a French press, um, it wasn't quite what I was looking for. So I had the idea then, you know, what if instead I go to every coffee shop in San Diego that serves cold brew and along the way, talk to the people that make the cold brew and learn from the people in the coffee industry, you know, what beans did they use? What process did they use? What do they think about cold brew? What do they know? Um, and that's how Cobra Chick started was this project. And it never, I always thought it would be cool if it could turn into something. But when I first started it, I was just trying to get my credits and trying to yeah. get my degree. Um, but because I guess I was lucky enough, I did it early on that no one else was really doing stuff like this, you know, doing mm-hmm. reviews or highlighting local cold brews specifically that it grew and grew and grew. And now it's what it is today. Mm-hmm. But that was always my thing is, you know, I'm not going to, when I review a a cold brew and still to this day, I'm not going to just take a picture of it and tell you what it is and tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what beans were used. I'm going to tell you how they made it. I'm going to give you that education so that you can learn more about coffee because I really believe that cold brew is like the gateway drug to specialty coffee. It's Mm. what got me into it. And I think that's what will help a lot of other people get into it as well. Yeah, I do. I think it's, um, obviously it's great, more healthy alternative to, um, other energy based, uh, drinks of some kind, you know, coffee in general, if you're not adding uh, sugar or, you know, milk of any kind, you know, the calorie count is, is so low. Um, and it's, and it's obviously an all natural caffeine, not necessarily added in post. So, um, if, uh, you know, energy drinks or Red Bulls or, or those type of things are, are things that really get you. We always, you know, encourage, um, some cold brew as well. Um, especially one that's really complex and, uh, and nice to drink. Uh, obviously there's, uh, I, I did not enjoy cold brew for the longest time. It was, <gasps> you know, yeah, I mean, it was, and I think it's, I think it's because, you know, four or five or six years ago, you know, it felt like cold brew or, or iced coffee was sort of an afterthought, you know, like you, you, the cafe would maybe take the beans that didn't sell or, or, you know, the older beans or whatever, um, and use it for iced coffee because, you know, they were diluting it down. And, you know, so five or six years ago before cold brew really started to ramp up, um, that was what we had out there. And, and, you know, for me, I hadn't really, heard much about toddy coffee or anything like that, um, up until then. Um, and then got my hands on, on one of those home toddy coffee makers, uh, and threw some, you know, 
uh, whole beans in there or ground and, you know, uh, brewed it on our own at home. And, um, the amount of balance and whatnot that was there and, and complexity was great. Um, I'm like, well, why don't more cafes do it like this? Um, and not just, you know, throw drip coffee over ice and, and call it iced coffee. And, and, uh, you know, you get that like, uh, heavy, gritty, um, dark taste to it. Um, which, I think is sometimes what, you know, which I'm so I'm really happy that the cold brew trend has really started. Um, but that I think is what has prevented some people from shifting from, you know, an energy drink or something. Um, because uh, the entry level of taste obviously is, is a lot easier there than, um, if you have a really dark, gritty, uh, almost smoky, you know, iced coffee. Um, but you know, like you've said, there's a lot of, uh, really exciting new stuff out there, um, for, um, for cold brew and a lot of really cool flavors that we're getting out. I was really impressed at, uh, coffee fest with the amount of, uh, different types of cold brew, just in different avenues and, um, different, uh, styles maybe, and, and things like that. That was always, that was really exciting to see. Yeah. And I, I mean, I always like to brag about San Diego cause I'm from here, but I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg of what I've seen mm-hmm. being done with cold brew. Um, I had no idea that we here in San Diego are so big into cold brew until I went out and explored. And yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, immersion cold brews for one, which is my favorite way of making cold brew. Um, and then doing, you know, like filtering with sugar cane and mm-hmm. creating just funky flavors with cold brew. We have shops here that are just cold brew. That's all they serve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the cocktails that are coming out, um, the sodas, even you guys just came out with like a cold brew creation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just crazy to see what people are doing with it. Um, and that's why I love going to coffee fest and seeing the cold brew competition is because you have people from all across the nation and every city and every area of the country has different, you know, coffee philosophies and styles and whatnot. So it's interesting to see based on where people are from, kind of what they like to do with their cold brew, how they're making it. Um, and it's always interesting. It's always like half and half. I feel like 50% of the people that compete go with, you know, their standard cold brew formula. Like you guys, you know, you guys brought Mm -hmm. what you guys serve in your shop, you know, your tired and true Mm -hmm. standard formula. And then you have the other half where people use this as an excuse to do something like creative or use, Mm -hmm. you know, special beans. Um, so for example, like the guys that won first for nitro, Julian coffee used a Panama geisha, um, which every year there's someone that does that because (laughs) when else are you going to create this big batch of cold brew um, with a geisha? Um, so it's just, it's always interesting. Like you said, you know, just kind of see what people are doing out there and, um, what they bring to the table. Mm hmm. Yeah. So you touched on obviously cold brew being used as, uh, like a base for, for different things, um, at a cafe's menu. Um, what, um, just from, from everything that you've tried, what is, uh, one combination, uh, maybe going on like the cocktail or like mocktail route, um, that you've really liked like maybe flavor combination or, or something like that. 
Hmm. I really like if you if I had to pick one flavor to go with coffee, I love coconut and coffee together. It's just kind of a funky combination when you think about it, but it works really well. Very California. Yes, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and one of my favorite cold brews is actually it's an immersion cold brew from a place called Nostra Coffee. And they take a single origin Brazil and they steep it with toasted coconut and vanilla. And that is there. It's called the One Brazilian Coconuts. But I just love it because it imparts such a rich flavor. And you get those hint of coconut in there, but it's mm-hmm. still, you know, sugar-free and yeah. no calories. Um, but as far as using cold brew as a base, the cold brew old-fashioned has been really popular. Yeah, it has. Uh, and there's a shop here in San Diego called Son of a Toast where that's all they do is cold brew cocktails and mocktails. I have to be sure not to say cold brew cocktail because there's no alcohol in it. So it's yeah. a cold brew mocktail technically. Mm-hmm. But they had a cold brew old-fashioned um, that was really delicious. And it's it's just a great base for that type of style of drink. Um and they were doing other things with like orange cream and CBD and just getting crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that the old fashioned and then like cold brew and lemonade has been really popular right now for yeah, summertime. Yeah. And it, it can be delicious. It's a little tricky though. Um, you have to have like the right ratio of lemonade and cold brew with lemonade being kind of more so than the cold brew. So like three to one, or I don't know what that ratio would be of like 66% lemonade, 33% cold brew. Yeah. But when it's the right ratio, it's really delicious. I really like it. Yeah, we've definitely seen a lot of that, and I've definitely seen a lot of. Uh, you got to be careful with citrus and cold brew because yes. of that. You, you know, you're negating the acidity like you've been talking about, but now you're adding, you know, one of the most acidic items, which being citrus. You know, orange, lemon, lime. Um, so you got to be obviously careful to not, you know, counterbalance what you hope to achieve. And then, you know, uh, and do it that way. Um, obviously some of the cool stuff I think that you can do with cold brew is you can be, you know, away from the defaults, like just adding sugar or adding vanilla or adding, you know, uh, caramel or chocolate or, or whatever. But, um, I think what's been cool and what, you know, I would encourage even people at home, um, is, you know, grab some fruit or, you know, uh, coconut, like you said, I've seen even people do uh, banana or, um, you know, blueberries or strawberries or something and put that in with, you know, your grounds and, and let it steep or long steep. Uh, and, uh, and then obviously filter all of it out. Um, and you'd be surprised at the amount of flavor that you can get, um, just from it sort of soaking in there. That's the, that's similar to like a tea or, or, uh, an iced tea that you may, uh, may long brew. Um, you can get a lot of really great flavors that obviously are all natural sugar and, um, and all, uh, all good for you, um, in, in the right moderation. So, um, yeah, I've seen some exciting stuff with coconut, especially whether it be the coconut, um, the meat from the coconut or, uh, coconut water, or, um, in, in addition to the normal water that you dilute, um, those are always fun little, uh, adventures to have with cold brew. Yeah. I've seen, there's a company that uses coconut water to brew their cold brew and I haven't tried it. Um, I'm not a huge coconut water fan. So mm-hmm. I've been a little leery of trying like any cold brew creations with it, but I just mm-hmm. love that creativity. And I mean, there's even someone doing it with maple water, you know, just, it's mm-hmm. like the sky's the limit when it comes to what you can do. 
Yeah, and I think that um, you start with a great coffee, and and you have like a indie lot coffee of roasters. That's right. Uh, you have a lot of opportunities that are really cool um, to try, and and uh, and that's you know the fun. I think it, it definitely brings some versatility, especially if you're if you're making concentrate at home. I always tell people, um, you know, make a concentrate and then and leave it in your fridge because you can. You know, you can dilute it half and half or or maybe drink it straight with something else um, or you can do latte style with milk and ice and, and that. So uh, it gives you a ton of flexibility versus making like a iced coffee that's um, just one time drink. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely a lot of versatility and, and it's great for the summertime. Yeah. And I like um, that you mentioned concentrates because I get asked that a lot. Like, should I make a ready to drink or should I make a concentrate? Like, which one should I go for? And I always kind of lean on the side of a concentrate because like what you said, you can you have that freedom to play around with it and add things or you can mm-hmm. then, you know, adjust the dilution of the water to make it, you, you know, your perfect cold brew because everyone's a little bit different when it comes to their strength of coffee. And I would hate to create a ready to drink that's yep. too weak and then I add ice and it dilutes and then you just yep. have coffee water and it's mm-hmm. a sad experience. You don't want yeah. that. So just for, you know, like I I mentioned the toddy, that's sort of our, um, you know, go to both in the cafe and uh, what I've used at home for a while. No sponsor, but would love to be sponsored by toddy someday. So if they are (laughs) listening, I would love that. Uh, So that's sort of my uh, go to from equipment standpoint. What is uh, or what's your sort of gadget of choice that you use to make cold brew at home? So I've tried a lot of cold brew makers. Um, I imagine. If, if you would like the evidence of that, you can go to my YouTube channel. Um, that's where I posted all my cold brew maker reviews. Um, and I found. For sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I found, you know, there's a couple like different main. I mean, there's tons of cold brew makers out there, but for the most part, a lot of them are the same in that what they are is, you know, you have like this metal mesh filter that you stick into a pitcher and then you put your grounds in that filter and then you put the water in there and then it's all together in a pitcher. Right. And there's tons of different variations of that, but I didn't like those. Um, one, because they didn't filter super great. Um, you know, it's this metal mesh filter. And if you have a, um, if you have a grind that's anything finer than like super coarse, you would get yep. sediment at the bottom, which I hate uh-huh. sediment in my cold brew. Um, <laughs> and then I also didn't, it didn't give me any um, creativity with my ratios, you know, because of the way that the thing is designed, it tells you how much coffee and how much water. Um, and if you have it off, then maybe not all your grounds are saturated or sure. it will come out too weak or too strong, you know? So I, when I was looking for like a maker to commit to, I was like, you know, I just want something that, gives me creativity so I can, you know, make a ready to drink if I want to make a concentrate if I want to, but also something that filters really well. And then is very little cleanup because I hate dealing with the grounds afterwards. Yep. It's such mm-hmm. a pain. Um, so after a lot of testing and everything, uh, my favorite maker that I've committed to is Alto Colbury bags. Mm-hmm. I love them for a lot of reasons. Um, I love that it's simple. It's just a bag so you can steep it in whatever you want. There's different mm-hmm. sizes of the bags. You can make how big or how little of a batch that you want. Um, so I've used them before to make larger batches. If I was bringing it, you know, to a party or something, or there's a cold brew I really loved, or if I'm just kind of like testing with beans, I know I make smaller ones. Um, I've never had issues with sludge or, um, filtering issues with them. 
And then you literally just take the bag out and you throw it in the trash and that's it. Um, so the cleanup is super, super easy. Um, I was just really impressed. And also they're cheap. They're very affordable. Um, you can get a bag of 30 for less than $10. Um, Mm. so it's very, very cost effective. So they've been my favorite. I've been using them for about a year and a half and I actually am partnered with them. We have created a partnership together and I just, I love the creators of them too. They are the only other people I've met that are as passionate about Colbrew as me. So it's been nice to, you know, talk and share ideas with other passionate Colbrew people. There you go. (laughs) So, uh, we'll throw a, a link down in the show notes as well for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, um, versatility, obviously, and you mentioned um, filtration is really important for you. Just getting it extra clean and um, and uh, and no sediment involved. Obviously, a paper filter or a cloth filter is sort of the way to way to go with that um, to really get that uh, get that working. So, um, cool. So, um, share with us as well. Um, maybe what, uh, what you've got coming up with, uh, cold brew chick, as well as, um, you mentioned YouTube, share a little bit about what you do there, um, and how people can, uh, can stay connected. Yeah. So my YouTube has been a little dormant lately just because mm-hmm. I was primarily using it for, um, the cold brew maker reviews. And now it, it seems like to me anyway, with video, a lot of it has transferred a bit over to Instagram TV, um, Mm. which as a creator, it's really convenient because it's just there on your Instagram and then you can link it, you can make it as a post. Um, so some of my other videos I've been coming out with, you know, like longer video reviews have been more so on Instagram TV, but I'll pop those over to YouTube here soon. Um, Mm. and those will be over there. As far as Cobra Chick goes, um, I just had my two year anniversary with it and which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I would do, be doing this for two years. I thought it would just be my school project and I'm done. <laughs> and I'm now at the point where I can officially call it a business, which is also there crazy. You go. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny being, I'm technically, you know, if I had to label myself, I am technically in the blogger slash influ- influencer space, but it's, mm-hmm. I like, don't like that title because I feel <laughs> like it, you, I don't know. For me personally, you just come up with different images of what that means. And it's like, you know, I don't want to influence people to buy clothes or things like Mm -hmm. that. You know, if anything, all I want to do is influence people to drink more cold brew. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't technically know what my title now would be, but I guess blogger, influencer, sure, I'll go by that. Mm -hmm. Um, So as a business now, yeah, I've partnered with Coffee Fest and do coverage for them. I still review cold brews um, and I do it. I do cans. I do stores. You would think by now I would have hit every coffee shop in San Diego, but that's not the case because mm-hmm. we have new ones opening up all the time. Yep. So I still cover um, San Diego coffee shops. And anytime I travel, I explore the cold brew of the area. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have a podcast as well where I interview people that either make very, very good cold brew or they do really unique things with cold brew or mm. people that drink cold brew and use that as the fuel for their lives and to there learn more go. about them. So I have that podcast over there. Um and I'm just continuing to have fun. I always tell myself, you know, I always have to do what I love. So as long as I love to talk and write about cold brew and drink it, I'll keep doing this forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's definitely, 
you know, an inspiration for our listeners or uh, obviously we've, we've talked a little bit about the nitty gritty of cold brew and why, you know, why it tastes awesome and why it's uh, such a big part of the coffee industry right now, um, at least here in the States. And, um, but I think, you know, shifting gears to more of, you know, cold brew chick that, uh, brand, that persona and all of that. Um, I think what's exciting about it is, you know, you were really creative about solving a problem that you, that you had, which was, um, you know, coming up with a solution for a, a school project that was going to help you stand out a little bit and, and be unique. Um, but I think really for any, any business owner or, or people that are, uh, hoping to uh, start a business, uh, no matter what avenue it is, whether it's coffee or or in the digital space or or something like that, um, it has to be something that you know you're passionate about. Um, you're not tired of you know waking up and and recording the podcast or making videos or or hitting the road and and trying coffee. Um, that doesn't. Uh, it still fuels you a lot. And, and I think for, for some business owners that run into that, they, maybe they've been pigeonholed into something or, um, they, you know, are doing something that, that they don't necessarily love and they want to start something. Um, I would just take that encouragement and, um, and go for it. You know, um, you can, you can learn as you go. Um, you know, I, I tell people a lot, um, I've been in the coffee industry for a while. Um, but when I started, I didn't know anything about coffee roasting. Um, when we were opening the cafe, I had never steamed milk before. Uh, I knew exactly how to do it, uh, but I never had that, the experience, uh, but that didn't really stop it, you know? And, um, so I would, I'm definitely encouraged by you that, um, you know, you, didn't necessarily have this humongous coffee background or, or coffee tasting background or, or anything like that. Uh, you're just passionate about, you know, solving a problem and you had one and, and, uh, and hopefully it can help other people. Yeah. And like I said, like it's Cobra changed my life in a way that I'm still able to drink and enjoy coffee, um, which Mm -hmm. is a gift that I'm so grateful for. And if I can inspire others to explore the world of cold brew, then that's just the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so Cold Brew Chick, uh, make sure and check out uh, their uh, podcast as well as, um, did you say, do you have a, a written word or a blog or anything like that? I do. I do have a blog okay. as well. Um, and that's over at www.coldbrewchick.com. And I also cool. have a map where you can um, see location wise where I've done Cold Brew reviews um, nice. and check them out. Cool. Um, yeah, so we'll, like I said before, we'll link all of that in the show notes or description of the episode so you can, uh, follow along. We'll, uh, follow her on Instagram, um, uh, IGTV and YouTube, as well as, uh, subscribe to her podcast. She had some great, uh, for those of us local to Indiana or Indianapolis, she had some great, uh, episodes with some of our local, um, our local guys this past uh, couple weeks. So, uh, make sure and uh, jump back and check those out. Um, and, uh, and learn more about cold brew and, and how, maybe how to make it at home or, or how to enjoy it at that, at a very high level when you're out and about, um, and look, cause Indie coffee roasters is going to be on there very soon as well. We are excited about that. Uh, we'll talk, we'll dive even deeper into our cold brew program and, um, and maybe what we recommend for home or, um, 
or, or what beans we, uh, we recommend as well. Um, yeah, excited to, uh, to jump on there and be involved too. Um, and, uh, next time you come out, you'll have to, uh, let us know and we can, um, set up a, uh, a meeting with, uh, with Indy, the real boss. Oh, yay. Oh, you like just made my heart flutter. I'm so excited. <laughs> He is, uh, he's, he's a tough critic for sure. So <laughs> we, uh, we try to make sure everything's uh, up to snuff when he comes in. Oh my gosh. Dachshunds so. are funny. Like I have to mention really quick when I did the Instagram post for you guys, I mm-hmm. was very set. I wanted to use my dachshund in the picture. And I don't know if this is just a dachshund thing or my dachshund, but he's not photogenic at all. He mm-hmm. just, anytime I try to take a picture of him, he just, I say his name and he comes running to me or he just looks the other way. He just, it's so hard to take a good picture of him. So to get that shot, which I love, by the way, that's probably one of my favorite pictures I've taken, but to mm-hmm. get that shot of him with the coffee bag and the beans, it was like a three person job. It had to be oh, yeah. with the camera. It had to be my dad with a treat to guide his eyes and his like face so he would look in the right direction and then another person to make sure that he didn't run away or eat the coffee beans because he started to do that i mean it was just like a whole situation but still love him dachshunds are just a hoot oh yeah (laughs) that's great cool uh well yeah like i said we will uh make sure and link everything uh, down below and uh, if you haven't already uh subscribe to uh cobra chick learn more about cobra coffee and why it is awesome and follow along with that journey um thanks so much for uh for being here rachel thank you so much for having me yeah we're we're always excited to to have some guests on um and as i said before um if you haven't already subscribed to uh coffee unleashed podcast at uh, apple podcast google play or spotify uh, wherever you listen to uh, your podcast we uh, post new episodes every week um if you would would have a question or maybe you have a guest you would love to hear from on the podcast uh, you can email us at hello at indiecoffeeroasters.com uh, we'd love to get your feedback and learn more about uh, who you'd like to hear from from, uh, whether it be in the coffee uh, coffee world, uh, business world, or, or something else, we'd love to uh, interact with them. Um, yeah, so uh, again, uh, follow us, uh, Indie Coffee Roasters, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where we update regularly, um, let you know about all the happenings that are going on uh, here in Indianapolis, as well as uh, what you can enjoy online, whether it's our uh, apparel merch or, um, our subscription plan. Uh, you can jump into all of that, uh, online as well. Uh, thanks so much for listening guys and, uh, and being a part of what we do and always remember to enjoy your coffee unleashed.